Baseball's back and the drama that we all wanted to see unfold is finally unfolding as the Dodgers face the Astros. For those of you that don't know the context behind this, the Astros beat the Dodgers in the World Series while they were cheating. So Joe Kelly's on the mound. Bregman's at the plate. It's a three-run game. Okay, yeah, I'll just throw it this dude. Behind his head, 96 miles per hour. Bregman hits the deck. He's scared as hell. He's like, oh my God, I wish I knew that one was coming. Just shit myself over here. Then, to make matters even worse, he's just going to try to hit him on the pickoff throw. This is a a strategy some pitchers do. Like, all right, I'll scare you there. Now I'm going to fire fastballs right at your rib cage as you slide back. You seeing this? Bregman's like, hey, guys, hey, cardboard cutouts, you guys seeing this? Dude's being a butthead right now. What the hell is that? Hey, Stone on Air, if you are not listening to Brian Stone, who has been a fixture in Chattanooga for years, you better be, or I'm going to ask you personally why you're not. I'm so they're like, Brian! Yeah, <laughs> Brian! Yes, my name is Brian! Finally, it's cool to be a Chattanoogan. Finally, it's cool to embrace this city. When some of us have been saying this for 25 years... Mic drop. Turn off the podcast. Stone on air. Yeah, just kill me now. Welcome in, everybody. How in the world are you on this first Wednesday of August? Likely to be the worst... August ever. This is the supposed for-profit venture known as the Stone on Air podcast. How are you? I am doing quite well. Getting a very late start on Tuesday the 4th because I had to do a bunch of extra production I wasn't planning on doing. And I'm happy with that because it's going to turn out to be a pretty fun show, I do believe. It won't appeal to everybody. It's going to be pretty local, which is you know really the kind of the idea of this show all the way around. And um, I will get right to it here and get you the menu here shortly. The main thing of this show is there's not there's not much going on here that matters a whole lot except for the middle segment. But first of all, let's take a look at a couple of things here real quick. Um, let the, 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 oh, so I figured I'd get this out of here make sure I get totally transparent on this one so people can make fun of me if they want. Uh, I am going to be that guy. I am going to teach my cat my new kitten budro who is what now three months old so not i mean still a kitten but starting to grow pretty quick i'm going to teach her how to walk on a leash and i know that sounds i don't know what that sounds like but it can't sound like super cool or manly or anything i saw one the other week or month on brainerd somebody walking down the sidewalk with their cat on a leash and i thought the hell is going on over there Well, then I did a little bit of research. It's not as uncommon as you'd think, and especially after a longtime friend of mine came into town out of nowhere and just said, hey, on a Saturday, want to grab lunch? Yeah, sure, man, like one of my oldest best friends. And he used to live here with me in this house 10 years ago, and I've had, this will be now my third cat that's lived at this house, and they've all, the other two died getting hit by a car because I let them go outside because I think cats want to go outside. I think they, they deserve to go outside. And he said, what? Uh, hey, yeah. so you got another one for the road, huh? Ha ha. You know, funny, not funny kind of thing. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to teach this damn cat while she's still young enough to walk on a leash and take her out every day. I think that'll be fun. I'm a 40-year-old white guy who's going to walk his cat on a leash. Uh, let's see. I want to do some stuff on uh, COVID and try to get some updated numbers and do a uh, maybe even a little bit with some comedy from George Carlin, but in a respectful way of looking at past pandemics and numbers and all that, but that's a lot of work. 
And it started off with this athletic, uh, Atlant- the Atlantic, Jesus, uh, piece. I guess it's it's a pretty comprehensive uh, uh, pine, I guess. I don't know, but because I haven't read it yet. It said, How the Pandemic Defeated America. And I thought, well, I'll take a, a look at that and see what I get. And it said 27 pages when I went to print it out. And I thought, okay, it's probably pretty long, 10 to 12 page piece with like, you know, 15 pages of comments. Nope. It was absolutely positively 27 full pages. I'm going to drop it, see what it sounds like here on the desk. <laughs> it's not a piece of paper or two. Uh, I didn't get around to reading it, and I might put that off for another week or so. Stumbled on this, and I thought it was one of the funniest things ever. It certainly could be today's coolest thing if I wanted it to be, but I've just got some random stuff I want to play that I think is funny. Uh, I hope I'm not boring you with some of these comedians that do these satire kind of things. I'll get to that here very shortly. But this is a tweet that somebody screenshot and then put it on Facebook. Who and why and who it is and all that doesn't matter. I, I just love this. It says, new dating app idea called 7.5. We're only people who are like a strong 7 or maybe an 8 on a good day who look kind of athletic but would probably die if they had to run a mile and have depression, but the kind that makes you funny and their car's check engine light is on. No one else is allowed. That's me. <laughs> Literally, that's me. My check engine light came on my car last week. That's me. And I need someone like that as well. I would sign up for that dating app. And this is a guy who's never signed up for a dating app in my life. All right, just a couple of more notes to myself here. Uh, this past weekend, and I, at the tail end of this segment, I'm going to talk about my weekend and my small little guys trip that was just so much fun. And it's, so it's just going to be me talking about myself and my friends. So I hope you don't mind there. But real quick, I noticed this past weekend, virtually all sports were back, except for football, which is not in season yet. There's baseball. There was basketball. There was hockey, there was NASCAR, and there was golf. And I've always been a sports guy for the most part. And I still mostly, I guess, kind of am. I just like my teams. But it didn't enrich my weekend or my life at all. All this, oh, there's no sports, what are we going to do? They were all back, and I didn't care. It's not all. Of, it's not about that. Life is still so disrupted and so upside down It's not just because some people are playing between some lines, throwing a ball around or a puck or whatever it might be, that all of a sudden, oh, well, now, cool. We can have a fun weekend now. It's not that easy. Doesn't exactly work that way. All right, so in the final segment of the show, I'm going to do what I learned from Jeff Stiles, who we were here from in the second segment of the show. Learned from him quite some time ago when you don't got anything else better to do, especially once your voicemail backs up, clear it out. Clean up the mess and then air it for people to listen to. And for some reason, sometimes people find that entertaining. I always, for the most part, have. I think others do more times than not. So the final segment of the show will be cleaning up my voicemail for the majority of the year. And in the second segment of the show, local politics overall was where I was going to go. I was going to touch on school board. I was going to touch on the election, which is just now tomorrow, if you're listening to this on the day that it's released, which I know you do. You can't wait to download it immediately and listen to it first thing every single Wednesday. 
But if you happen to listen to it later, the uh, local uh, primaries for the most part and county elections are on the 6th. But where I'm going to stick primarily in the second segment is this referendum petition drive going on by this guy named, where the hell is it, Earl Wilson, which I've been familiar with for a little bit now, but I keep forgetting to bring up. Well, I did a whole segment, grabbed some uh, audio that came from 92.7, Nougat Radio, Jeff Styles, uh, Jen, Russell, uh, Jason in the morning, and I'm uh, going to primarily focus on that. Might not spend as much time on uh, the, the gathering the other week for the Senate guy and the nobody wearing mask and everybody hates Jim Hammond and the, what was the other one? Oh, and Tom DeCosimo, who is just as easy as it, it could possibly be to hate. But so I'll, I'll let that one flow into the second segment. That'll probably be the most information-based segment of the uh, podcast this week. So let's do what I'm going to do. I got basically it's three coolest things. We'll call one a spliced coolest thing, worst idea, and then a new one from the Buttercream Dream and uh, Brett Taroon as well. Let's start with what I'll call today's, make sure I turn that up right there. I will call it today's spliced coolest thing, worst ideas from TikTok and cancel culture. Oh, super fun. Barnum and Bailey's Animal Cruelty Crackers. Cancel. A woman carrying salt alone in the rain. Absolutely not. Wheat thins. I don't think so. Another impossible standard for women to live up to. Let's get some wheat thicks up here and then we'll talk. I love Lizzo. Keebler elves. Isn't that cute? Well, it's 2020. They're called little people. Cancelled. Oh, little Debbie. Why does she have to have red hair offensive to gingers? Cancelled. Paw Patrol mac and cheese. Listen, defund the police, defund Paw Patrol. Hey, <laughs> Granny Smith, you ever heard of, uh, oh, I don't know, ageism? Cancelled. Using a polar bear to sell your ice cream Klondike? Did you know polar bears were extinct? No, thank you. Cancelled. V8. You know what kind of emissions an engine like that puts out into the environment? I drive a Prius and that is cancelled. Rebel ice cream. Wow, why don't you just change this to soldier in the Confederate Army ice cream? Hola, tapatio. Una pregunta. You ever heard of cultural appropriation? Cancelled. White rice. Brown rice. Why they gotta be separated? Think about it. Cancel. Arm and hammer seems very oppressive. Hey, Rice Krispie treats. Why don't you try some diversity? White, white, white. Canceled. Just another great TikTok. Of course, I see the headlines of for some reason, and Trump's not necessarily the only one behind it, but certainly been allowed about banning TikTok here locally. I just have to, or in you know, in the United States, I have to completely just plead ignorance. I don't. I don't get it other than I know that there might be compromised information within the within the app itself as far as, you know, Chinese regulation can go. But, man, everything I see on TikTok is a bunch of pro-Trump. I see MAGAs everywhere in my feed. So, I mean, if anything, he's getting a lot of uh, love from the angle of the channels that I am looking at. Of course, I spend very little time on TikTok. I basically just sit down and say, all right, I'm going to skim through it for about five, ten minutes, see if I find anything for the show, which normally I do, and then walk away. Let's take a look at the next two. They're both involving changing the election because, I don't know, if we're all too scared to go out and vote and paper ballots in the uh, in, in the mail are like the most fraudulent thing ever, even though they've been going on for uh, decades and decades. This is first up, the buttercream dream. We'll call it today's coolest thing. Number one. Donald Trump, good Lord, son, it's the buttercream dream. And listen here real quick. Why does it seem like every time I log on Twitter, I can't scroll more than two seconds without seeing some chili dog poisoning level of diarrhea that you're trying to pass off as a coherent thought? About a week ago, you treated the coronavirus like it was a 
sexual harassment lawsuit and just ignored the fuck out of it. But now, all of a sudden, when your ignorance killed Herman Cain, a.k.a. 85% of the black vote, you think that maybe we should delay the election. Well, the only thing there ought to be a delay on is the time between you having a thought and it leaving your goddamn mouth. <laughs> you don't have the authority to delay the election. But while we're just out here saying shit regardless of whether or not it could actually happen, I'd like to once again challenge you to a match. And this time, a ladder match. And at the top of that ladder will be an invisible belt, which will actually give you an advantage. Because just like with your coronavirus conspiracies, you're real good at reaching for shit that ain't there. Skew! Of course, remember, he uh, he does. A, it's like wrestling, pro wrestling um, uh, promos where he has the WWF, uh, the old school European title, around his shoulder. I'll tell you about my weekend, uh, just this past weekend, next after the latest from Brett Tarun doing the same things he always does. He is one of my favorites going out there right now that most people haven't heard of. Donald J. Trump says we should delay the election, and I couldn't agree more with unhappy Gilmore. He's not asking for much. Just give him four years to all this craziness clears up. And you Democrats are out here fogging up my Oakleys talking about mail-in voting, mail-in voting. It's not safe. This ain't no L.L. Bean catalog. Next thing you know, some porch pirate stealing your vote out of your mailbox like it's a package from Jeff Bozos. We've all ordered from Wish.com and it looks one way on your Fire tablet and then when you get it, it's Joe Biden. Mail-in voting <laughs> is not safe. And do you really want me mouth-breathing all over you in a high school gym waiting to vote? I don't think so. It's not safe. These schools are for learning, not for voting. It's just not safe. <laughs> we got the, the coronavirus hoax, which is all of a sudden real. Riots, tear gas, abduction, rubber bullets. And that's all from the police, both secret and not. 5G, infected bats, Bill Gates, demon sperm, Ghislaine Maxwell, Antifa's gonna push a statue on your grandma, murder hornets, <laughs> ramps, whatever got Regis Philbin, Joe Biden, a.k.a. Daddy Long Hugs, Carol Baskin, she killed her, husband, whacked him. What on flat earth is happening? It's not safe. Push back the election, even if it's just for 12 months and three years. It's not safe. <laughs> love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. All right, so on the tail end here, I will tell you about the weekend. It was fantastic. OMG, it was incredible. Uh, a friend of ours, I, I probably might have mentioned it last week, but uh, uh, just a big kind of click group of friends, a little bit younger than me, basically my brother's friends. It ended up just in adulthood turning into my friends. He got married. I don't know why other than maybe they just wanted to quickly reap the benefits of the uh, legalities of it. But anyway, and uh, so during the height of the pandemic, so it was one of those like three people are there kind of things. So we, this was kind of a you know bachelor party for lack of a better way of putting it. And we booked this. Uh, we nothing. I just paid the money that I was asked to give and just went along. I, as I said, you can go to the moon. If that's where you're going to have it, I'll be there. And it was this cabin that they said was in North Georgia. And I thought, you know, my first thing is, God. North Georgia. I mean, I'm a North Carolina, Western North Carolina guy. I love that area. I know it not great, but somewhat well. Spend lots of time in Asheville, Greenville, Tennessee, all up in that uh, that direction. And I thought North Georgia, geez, man. Well, my logistics of the atlas in my head got all messed up. This was right on the line of North Carolina and Georgia. 
And to get there, you go 64, you know, get off of Cleveland, get on 64, go to the Ocoee, make that nice, fun, like really scenic drive that I have done before, but it's been so long ago that I didn't remember it at all. And I was actually so ashamed of myself. I was thinking, really? This is that close. And I guess I knew it. I just forgot. I, you know, drive three and four hours to see some of these exact same landscapes in uh, in in Western Carolina, and um, it turns out it, it just right up the road, less than an hour away. Here's this. I could have done this much more growing up. I was born in Southern California, right on the beach. I always wonder what would it be like if I lived my whole life, adolescence and teenage and twenty something years, right near the beach. Well, what would it be like if I grew up my entire adolescence and you know teenage into twenty somethings right on the river, which I would have totally dug that lifestyle. There's no telling um, what I, you know, who I might have ended up being. But anyway, gorgeous drive. Got there about two hours. We get to the cabin, sleeps, you know, it's three levels. About downstairs, ping pong table, foosball, TV, kitchen, deck. Upstairs, another deck that's even higher, obviously, overlooking this incredible, incredible view. Just rolling mountain hills. Absolutely gorgeous. 10 degrees at least cooler up there than it was here uh full kitchen living room upstairs and then plenty of bedrooms and bunk beds and rooms that typical kind of cabin thing and we got so much great weather meaning some downpours rainbows after the downpours went away had a hot tub down there it was fantastic and we were in there for not even 48 hours not even 48 hours more like 36 to 9 hours something like that maybe 40 barely Got there Friday around 3, left Sunday at 10. Friday night, steaks, fry, French fries, like fried in a huge uh, fryer that my brother is apparently something he's done before that were, they were to die for. The French fries were better than the steak itself. Then to all, some other fixings. Listen to me. Out in the woods, eating fixings. Anyway, fantastic. Brought all the booze we needed. Then, you know, I had the Braves games on both the two nights. And then the next night or day and night, hung outside, played games, ping pong, all those things, and did some, like, you know, light lunch, a little light breakfast kind of stuff. And then on Saturday night, a low country boil to absolutely die for. Crab legs, sausage, shrimp, you know, corn on the cob, all the regular stuff except for no crawfish, which I would have been uh, happy to have uh, partaken in. But there's only so much you can do in a two-day stretch. Then woke up the next day, wanted to die around 7.30 in the morning, quickly cleaned the place up, came back home, got back to the house by noon, and after two days of really kind of letting it fly, not really <laughs> worrying about what I ingested, I laid down at about 12.30 on Sunday, and I didn't get out of bed officially to be up for good until about 12.30 the next day. Quite literally, I was just shy of maybe an hour or two of sleeping an entire 24-hour period. I was off on Monday because I wasn't sure if we were coming back Sunday or Monday. I was out all night, and I was uh, day and night, and I just had this sickness that hit me that was more than just a uh, uh, a hangover. But it wasn't you know, a, a contagious virus. It was just, oh, my God, dude, you need some sleep. And I just stayed in bed until noon the next day. Woke up, ran around, did a few things, cut the grass, grabbed a beer at a, you know, at a bar and grabbed some dinner, came home, felt like a champ. It was the only vacation I will likely have this week 
this week, this year. And it barely lasted three and a half days. And it was absolutely fantastic. So who is Earl Wilson? What is he trying to do? Why is he trying to do it here in East Ridge? And a little bit other local politics coming up next. More of Stone on Air coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At stoneonair.com. So Eastridge, for those who do not know, of course, it's its own municipality. Right. We say Chattanooga, and we, of course, like everybody else, we mean the greater metro area. And I've often wondered why doesn't Eastridge or Red Bank even want to maintain its own identity. There, there are reasons, and we don't have to get into that right now, but Eastridge is its own town. Mm-hmm. But it long ago decided it didn't want liquor stores. Right. And we talk about the values of the town and things of this nature. Well, the values right now is... Well, they're going to drink. They're going to go right over here to Brandon Road, which takes all of three minutes to buy it and then bring it back. I'm not sure what they're actually valuing at that point. I'm not sure what the value is, the moral issue. You're as as Tennessee whiskey. The incredible George Jones. The song that was eventually perfected in my mind by David Allen Coe, but David Allen is such a disgusting racist, I would never play his music in anything I would put my name behind. And then eventually ruined by Chris Stapleton. Might hear from Stapleton on the way out. But the part that makes this song so great is the all the O's and smooth. You're as smooth. And Stapleton doesn't do that. He takes the best part of the song and gets rid of it. Now, I get doing a cover song and doing your own thing, but then he got so popular because of that dumb song, or his dumb version of the song, I should say. It's not a dumb song at all. It's an incredible song. Tennessee Whiskey. All right, let's see. Uh, real quick before I dive right into it, I was going to bounce around with different uh, local politics stuff. Uh, one, and this is less local and more, I guess, you know, national or statewide, Chris Cobb, who owns several um, music venues and a Chattanooga-based guy, but now a Nashville-based guy, Save Our Stages, hashtag Save Our, save our Stages. Um, that was a... a, a petition online that i filled out i was going to read some of that but just if you care about live music and venues they're trying to uh, get both senators and uh chuck fleischman so i guess it is, it's closer to chattanooga because that fleischman obviously that that third district doesn't go to nashville but anyway trying to get funding some kind of relief money stimulus money to these to these st- stages check that out hashtag save our stages. Then there's a uh, Tom DeCosimo and, and the scumminess it is in the school board right now and the Hamley County commission overall. I'll get to that once that heats up more later on. One thing I thought was pretty funny <clears throat> as I went to, um, uh, pull the sample ballots from tomorrow, which would be April, April, uh, August 6th, uh, County elections and primaries, which is nothing that I really, I mean, I'll, I might go, I'll probably go vote, even though there's nothing here for me to vote for that I care about. I know that sounds stupid, but sometimes that's how I am. Um, I went to I went to the hemblycounty.gov and put in, you know, all the information to pull up my sample ballots, and it said, you know, put in your birth date. You know when it starts with the year, and then you just click down, you, the, the, the down scroll, and then you just pick the year rather than type it in yourself. The birth date started in 18, 18, 1895. 
that was the oldest. I guess that might be the oldest living person in the uh, district or something. So you you could you could start at eight, 1895, and then I just scrolled up to 1980. Now I don't always vote. I vote more times than not now these days. When I was in my twenties, I didn't vote much at all. I didn't start voting until until 2006. And I voted most um, off years since then, but certainly I voted every general election, but not always. And um, I, that's why I pulled it up. I was like, I don't even know what's on the ballot for this this coming um, election, and mainly it's primaries for U.S. Senate, House of uh, Representatives, which most most of these are not, are unopposed anyway. Assessor property, Sessions judge, judge, and yeah, most of it's un, unopposed, but. Anyway, just in case you wondered about that. So here's what's going on here locally in East Ridge. Super small town politics, which I very, very much care about. And I have a couple of friends who are involved here locally in East Ridge, kind of getting into the local um, political scene to a certain degree. And sends me stuff, feeds me stuff. The radio station uh, 92.7 is located here in East Ridge as well. And this guy named Earl Wilson has been setting up this like little stand. I mean, it looks kind of rinky-dink, for no doubt, from the pictures I've seen. And he's trying to get petitions for a referendum on the November ballot, on the general election, to allow liquor stores here in the city of East Ridge. When I moved to East Ridge in 2007, I didn't move here because it was East Ridge. I moved here because I found this house that I used to rent a portion of it. Basically, actually, the place I'm recording this podcast right now, the garage, the above garage apartment, I lived in when my friend owned this house in like 2003. So I've been here going on 20 years. And I was in love with this property. I didn't know anything about tax rates. I didn't know anything about uh, interest rates. I didn't know anything about city services. I didn't know anything about who the city council was, who the mayor were, was, who the count, Hamilton County Commissioner was. Didn't know, didn't care. I just said, when you sell this house, I want to buy it. By the time he got around to selling it in 2007 and predatory loans were at their height, I got it uh, approved at a 6.5%, nearly 7% loan to buy this house. Long story short, luckily it all worked out, and 13 years later, I have quite a bit of equity. I'm still here. It's not falling apart completely, and I'm happy to be here still to this day. And now I do know about a lot about the local government, the local politics, the tax rates, the, the city services, and all of that. So back to my point for when I first moved here for even bringing that up. For some reason, I remember it very vividly. I was going down the street to buy a bottle of liquor. Now, in 2007... I drink beer all the time, only liquor sometimes. So I didn't have a real vast knowledge of where the good liquor stores were and you know how much the, the prices were, where I should or shouldn't go. I just thought, I'm going to drive down the road and go buy a bottle of liquor for whatever reason. And I drive all the way down to the damn interstate. And I'm looking left, I'm looking right, thinking, where the hell is the liquor store? There's the pawn shop. There's the title loans. There's the tattoo joint. There's the antique mall. There's all the fast food restaurants. There's the Cracker Barrel. Where in the hell is the liquor store? Well, there's not a liquor store. And there hasn't been, I guess, maybe ever. I don't know. But certainly in a long, long time. And, uh, you know, I just you know was ignorant to it at that time and have always thought this is stupid. 
that we don't have a liquor store in East Ridge. So when I go to get liquor, I got to go to Brainerd Road. I got to go to the one of the dan- most dangerous areas in the city, which is East 23rd, depending on what time of day you go, or down into the Rossville Boulevard. The options suck. The options aren't good. And if I happen to be in downtown, I'll swing over Riverside Beverage, which is a fine option, even though everybody that runs that place is a bunch of assholes. So, yeah, and I drink liquor all the time now. So it's regularly like, God damn, I got to get liquor again, and I can't get it in the own, my own city. So Earl Wilson has been trying to get a petition signed to get the referendum on the ballot in November where the residents can decide whether they want package stores here in East Ridge, Tennessee. So it's that simple. Let us who lives here decide. The, the, the small amount of politicians that run this small city aren't going to do it because they're too scared of losing their positions because of grandma and grandpa and the demographics of this city. Just let us let us decide. If, and if we decide no, then then it's no. Seems pretty simple. So he was on with Jeff Styles on Fred the Show, I guess. I'm not sure which hour of the show they're on from 7, 8, and 9 a.m. So 7 to uh, 10 a.m. every day, Monday through Friday. It's uh, Jen Lambert. It's Russell Stroud. It's Jeff Styles, And it's uh, Jason Kirk. I've gotten to know everybody over there. I like them a lot, and I like their show. And Earl was on with them last week. And I grabbed some audio from it, so let's get started. This is, what exactly does Earl Wilson need? What I need is 706 signatures from East okay. Ridge residents that are registered voters. And what my goal or purpose is, is for the citizens to have an educated, informed decision-making process before they vote so they can see how beneficial this can be one year, five years, 20 years down the road. It shouldn't be left up to you know our city council to make this choice because they're scared right and they're scared of the reaction way it's based is off the uh, gubernatorial election in 2018 that you have to have 10 percent of the total people that voted for the governor that was 7046 that year so yeah i thought that was pretty interesting i wondered how they figured out how many of the numbers was so he only needs 706 uh signatures from r- registered voters that are residents of the city of east ridge that's based on that there was 7,000-plus voters for the governor. I, I'd never heard of that before. This, that could be the uh, I was today years old when I found that out. So the next question is, so how many do you have? I'm a little over 500 right now, and I got till the 19th of this month to get this done. And momentum's August. picking up. Uh, yes, August the 19th. or The 20th, I have to turn it in because the uh, election commission has to go through a validation process, make sure all these people that signed are in East Ridge. And they are registered voters. I sat down at, uh, sorry for that bad edit. I sat down at Champies with a friend of mine, Jody, who's being more involved with local politics here in East Ridge. And I signed it. And I accidentally on the line signed my name in print instead of where you, uh, where you were actually supposed to sign cursive or something that resembles cursive and then your name printed below. And the first thing I thought was, basically based on stuff I've heard Jeff Styles talk about over the years, which I'll get more with from Jeff here in just a second, was, hold on, I don't want to give them any reason to throw this name out. And this very easily could be a, na- a reason to throw this name out if I'm printed on the signature line and signing on the printed line, especially if you get some old fogies that are going through the peti- petition, if they do indeed get the amount of numbers, and say, well, this dumb asshole can't even follow instructions. You're out. So I made sure and scratched through that. 
and started on a different line. Back to what I was mentioning that Jeff was uh, about to talk about how he's been doing this a long time, smaller town radio, where people have been pushing referendums and petitions towards his way to get out to the masses for years, and normally they're failures. I know how referendums work because I've been doing this for a long time, mm-hmm. and I've, I have often said in the past the petition drives are usually doomed to failure because the people on the other side will pick it apart they will find some way to toss out enough to, 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 to squirrel it. But since I actually kind of almost etched that in stone, I've seen them work. Right. I mean, for a long time, that seemed to be almost a truism. But then I've seen them work. So what exactly is it that Earl Wilson, uh, what is this about for him? I mean, I guess your first thing could be like, well, is this just some drunk that wants easier, accessible booze? Like, I mean, I wouldn't think most people would think that, but you get my point. What What is in this for him? To me, this is not about religion. It's not about anything like that. It's about the tax dollars Money. and improving our city. Sure. You know, we've sat here and we've watched Ringo Road, you know, business after business move out, and we need to bring things back to life. We're doing it at the east end, and we would like for the west end to start, and they'll meet in the middle because there's a lot of things behind the scenes that people don't see going on in East Ridge we got some programs we're getting ready to roll out for elderly. And I need to make just a disclaimer. I am doing this as a citizen, not on the behalf of East Ridge in any way. I went to the uh, leaders of our city and asked them, you know, if it was okay if I did this. So I've been on this by myself uh, for a while. And now some other citizens have volunteered. They're going door to door. So if you think about it, really, it's a little more complicated than this. But the city of East Ridge is from the tunnels to Camp Jordan. And then the ten- the Georgia line is just, you know, a sixteenth of a mile r- past that. That's the city of East Ridge. It's one stretch of Highway 41 with neighborhoods on either side of the street, Ringgold Road, that snake towards Brainerd or snake their way towards North Georgia. And Earl was given some numbers earlier. I don't have them. I wish to grab the audio, but I forgot and it's too late now. Talking about numbers of median income, age, family income, and all that from t- t- however long ago to now ages are changing and and um incomes are changing they're going up and down and the the down part is the worst income levels are going down if you start all the way in the east which is where i'm at near the tunnels and you think about that 25 years ago you had magoo's it actually was a pretty cool bar for a while you had uh, the tri-state lanes which was bumping on a weekend Lots of other places that I can't remember now because I wasn't around other than just we went to Magoo's a lot. For some reason, my dad knew the owner of the joint. And there's none of that now. Nothing. It's empty other than a subway, a a food city, uh, an Amigos, and a bunch of empty storefronts. And then some Halloween, you know, haunted houses uh, for uh, three months or two months out of the year in a couple of those spots. A lot of gas stations, a lot of lottery scratching off, and uh, a lot of riffraff. And so West End by Exit 1 is looking pretty good these days. And if we could have other ways to, to bring in revenue towards the West End and then t- get towards the middle, I don't know that liquor stores are going to be the catalyst for an improved East Ridge. But as far as I'm concerned, it can't hurt because everybody's a drunk, falling down idiot in this city uh, from my vantage point as it is let's see where was i um it's a little confusing kind of because most of us aren't involved in petitions and referendums every day who can sign the petition and then if it were to pass who can then now vote 
you have to be you live in East Ridge to sign the petition. But when it comes time to vote, we have a prop, we're a property rights city. So what that means, if you own a business or you own rental sure. property or you own homes in East Ridge, you own a lot in East Ridge. So you have you have to be you know a taxpayer, you know owning property, things of that nature. And we have like like the rental property. We have some people that own over 100 rental homes here in East Ridge. They're out-of-town owners, um, and it's very important for those people that are in the rental to, you know, get out, vote, exercise that right. So if I'm understanding this correctly, which I think that I am, to sign this petition, which, again, you only need 700 signatures, you have to be a resident. You have to reside and live in the city right now. But to vote on this or anything involved with East Ridge politics, you all you have to do is at least own business or property here in the city i don't know how different that is than other communities or maybe that's very uh, across the board a very standard way for voting i just have to plead ignorance to that so if you live here you can sign the petition and then after it, if it makes it through and gets on the referendum then as long as you have some kind of business ownership land ownership or residency then you can vote for it in the general election two more here real quick where can he be found how can you sign this petition? Because, I mean, there's a Facebook page that talks about it, but as far as I know, that's just about it. I am set up at the 5740 Ringo Road. To a lot of people, we, we they remember it as the old milk jug. It's recently been the Goodwill Drop-Off Center at the corner of Keeble Street, Ringo Road, at traffic light number four. I'm there usually from 10 to 4, 10 to 5. I need to get approximately... A thousand signatures just so we have a buffer. Yeah, and that's going to be a very good idea. At least 300 additional. But So I know where that is technically, barely, because I drive up and down this road occasionally. Most people are not going to know it. But if you were to be a resident of Eastridge and you want to sign this petition, fortunately, because of the unfortunate situation that is COVID, we now have a place where everybody can do it on the exact same day where it will be very convenient. What am I talking about? And one of the fortunate things for us, we've this year the election commission moved all voting down to Camp Jordan because of the COVID nineteen situation. So I will be able to set up a table and a tent outside at one hundred foot from the front door, and everyone coming in there that day will be a registered voter from East Ridge. So they can stop by there at that table. If uh, I'll have other people there helping me man it and so forth. So we'll get people's signatures. We'll get them on their way in to vote or on their way out to vote. That's absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. That's uh, Thursday the 6th. So again, since you're listening to this on the day that it's uh, available and downloadable every week on a Wednesday, like I know that you do, you'll have time if you're an Eastridge resident to go on Thursday to, um, to sign this petition. And I'm thinking if I can break away for any amount of time, I'm going to start blowing up social media and go down and volunteer and spend some time with this dude, meet him, and try to to really urge people to sign this petition. We're going to get this thing to 1,000. If he's at roughly 500 as of last Wednesday, we'll get this thing to 1,000 by the 19th of August, I think without any problem, with just a few more people to get on board to help push this. But certainly on Election Day on Thursday, that that's the perfect opportunity to get hundreds of valid signatures because you already know that they're registered to vote because they're there voting. The only question is, are you for sure a resident of the city, which I would say most people voting are. So I am loving this. I'm going to be super activist East Ridge guy between now and August 19th. So you've been warned when it comes to social media blasting 
uh, which I don't normally do. So I hope anybody who does see it knows that if I'm doing it, it means I truly, truly believe in it. And I like this community. I talk about it all the time. I enjoy East Ridge. So it's a pretty good quality of life unless you take the wrong turn. <laughs> so, which can be true with a lot of different communities as well. On the way out the door here, the crappy version of Tennessee whiskey from Chris Stapleton. I'm not hating on Chris Stapleton. I think he's fine. I think he's fun. It's good music. I'm a, I'm a fan of that style of music. He just took a classic, incredible song from George Jones and turned it into a boring song. And then all of a sudden, the dullards of the world think that's like the, the only, that's the version. Like, he's the guy who wrote it. It's like, no, 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 no. Listen to the good one. But anyway, this is fine. All right. So what does one do who hosts a weekly podcast when he doesn't know what else to do? He listens to his voicemail and records it. And I'll do it next. Screening for Allison. Hey. So, coffee shop? No, I can't. She knows I go there. It's not secure. Hey, I got another call coming in. I gotta let the machine get it. Bye. <laughs> Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out, or I'd pick up the phone. Where could I be? <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm not home. George, are you there? I hate that stupid message. I know you're avoiding me. I'm at the office. Please call me. I've got to talk to you. Hey, I just met you. And this is crazy. But here's my number. So call me maybe. So raise your hand if you thought today on the Stone on Air podcast that I would be playing Katy Perry, Call Me Maybe. Raise both hands if you thought I'd be playing George Jones and Katy Perry today. It's one of those songs when it came out, I just wanted to bash my head against the walls. It's actually pretty good, really. So when it comes to phone calls, I'm going to make this pretty quick because uh, I've got this portion of it already pre-done. I did it the other day, and it's about 10 minutes long, and the show's already running kind of long. I think we're around the neighborhood of 42, 43 minutes right now. Uh, but when it comes to phone calls, this is just the nature of... Uh, of the evolution and the advancement and the innovation of technology. And it's been slowly happening to me anyway. I don't know about everybody else, but for at least 10 years, probably more like 20 and definitely in the last like five, 
I am so tired of my phone ringing. I almost get offended, and I hate to use that word because it means so many different things to so many different people. But I certainly get irritated when my phone rings. Like it's kind of me. It's like, how dare you? What are you doing? What are you calling me for? And if it's close, like your wife and your girlfriend, or your son, or your daughter, and those kinds of things, that's that's different. But it, like, damn it, man, you better leave me a message. Because if, if you're not going to leave me a message, what the hell did you waste my time to even have to look at my phone ringing? And what makes you think I'm going to stop what I'm doing to answer the phone? I'll be a little over the top, and I think I might even talk about this more later on during this uh, segment. So if I repeated myself, I apologize. But, yeah, it's man, I'm, I'm done with phone calls unless they're prearranged. Then I'm all about a phone call because the, the lost in translation uh, nature of text communication can also be equally infuriating. I know so many people younger than me that do like like have text arguments. You know, like the next argument comes in before you have a, a time to finish the text you're trying to finish because you're banging it out and you're mad and you're spelling things wrong. And it's like that is such an infuriating way to communicate unless it's for reasons that are just simplistic in life. If you have something heavy that needs to be discussed, arrange a phone call and do it. But don't just randomly call me. I'm I, I'm not going to be in a position where I have any interest in talking to you right now. And uh, so that's just kind of where the etiquette has changed for me. So let's jump right into it. When you don't have any better ideas, you dial up your voicemail. Hey, it's Brian. And while not an assurance, if you do not leave a message, there is absolutely no chance that I'll call you back. Thanks. Bye. Please enter your password, then press pound. Okay, let's see what we got here. Hmm. Uh, no idea what this is. Okay, I still don't know what that is. Maybe I got drunk and ordered something off Wish uh, some late night, and that's my uh, tracking of the order, but I'm pretty sure I haven't done that. As a matter of fact, I know I haven't. What's next? Hi, my name is Tiffany. Marcelo just gave me this number to get a hold of for past invoices for Rodizio Grill downtown. Um, if you could please give me a call back, it's 423 Thank you. Got to love it when assholes you work with during the day job give customers uh, my phone number. I receive orders and money for deliveries all day at Cherokee Distributing, but I have a perfectly good office number landline right there to my desk and an email that works quite well, as a matter of fact, so they don't need to have my cell phone number. But that was Redizio Grill, and I did get them their invoices. What's next? Good afternoon. This message is for Brian. This is Stephanie calling from the local Geico office. Following up on an auto quote that was completed online for you, we want to make sure all possible credits and discounts are applied. Due to COVID-19, we're also offering our customers a 15% credit, so make sure to give us a call here at the local GEICO office in Chattanooga and take advantage of that at 423-894-2600. Yeah, so my insurance for both car and home is up in July, and I know you can renew whenever you want, but I'll be damned if you even swipe up on an Instagram a targeted ad or any other social media 
and those companies will be blowing you up. I noticed that my um, I'd, I'd like to increase my car insurance and get some roadside assistance added to it. I don't want full coverage necessarily, but when I started searching with these companies, I found out that my homeowner's insurance was going to go up by like eight hundred to a thousand dollars a year, and I thought, you know what? Let's just forget about this for now and uh, just move along. Hey, Brian, this is Ellie from Geico in Chattanooga. We received your quote here at our local office for um, the auto insurance that you were looking for. We'd be happy to have one of our agents review that with you and make sure we have all the possible discounts and credits applied. And uh, due to COVID-19 right now, we're offering a 15% credit. So we'd be happy to show you what your rate would look like with that applied. You can give us a call back at 423-894-2600. So I finally did call them back and did discuss all the numbers, and it turns out, so they're doing this big push, which most of the major companies are because of COVID-19. They're giving 15% off of what they already provide, which supposedly from Geico is 15% to begin with, but it's not an additional 15% off the entire policy. It's 15% off of one month's bill. Well, that doesn't do me any good. I mean, I'll take it if you're going to give it to me. But I need the 15 knocked off for the whole policy of the year to really save any real money on a monthly basis. So I hit a block on that number and have not talked to them since. Hey, Brian, it's Danny. Give me a call when you get this message. Uh, 423-50. Thanks, man. Okay, so I didn't even remember or realize that there was a voicemail from that day at all. That is Danny Howard, the, um, I guess is main title is director of programming, kind of like the general manager of Bay Hackle Communications, where I was let go in March, March 31st, as a matter of fact. And it was about two weeks before that, maybe a little less. And um, I got the call saying kind of like, ha ha, not really ha ha, but at that point, nobody knew anything about anything. It was like, you know, don't come to the office. We don't want to get sick and stuff. So just We'll call you, don't call us kind of thing. And we're going to suspend a lot of the voice tracking in the building and a lot of the other kind of just small part-time gigs and just try to clear the place out a little bit to try to, I mean, I would say in compliance, but there was nothing to be in compliance of at that point. And we all knew what it was, those of us involved with it. what I just don't remember how many there were, is that this was the first step to being let go. At least that's what I thought. I got a hold of a few other people who were part-timers, found out that they were still there, And then on the 31st, I got that voicemail from Danny, and I knew when I got that, that it was, when I call back, I'm going to be told that I no longer have a job. One, because Danny doesn't call me for anything. He might text, maybe, if I text him first. He's almost never going to text me out of nowhere because there were very very little reason to do that. And he sure as hell didn't ever call me. So when I got that... uh, kind of matter-of-factly little solemn sound in his voice i thought yep this run is over and while you know i kind of missed the gig because the money was all right uh, i enjoy my sleep a little bit more at this point let's see not much else what else we got here hey brian man just checking in on you from agu gap got your uh email with the video and um anyway i was giving you a call see if you're all right man see you that was shortly after I was let go from Bay Hackle. That is Dylan Dot Dylan, as we called him at the old Cumulus Media Radio Station, Talk Radio, and all those. He does my voice work. Stoneonair.com. You might recognize a voice. 
I guess that was uh, not. I guess that was totally cool that he was just checking to see how I was doing. But he also called me several times in a few weeks, and I think he was drunk most of the time. And I'm not exactly sure why he was calling, other than that nice gesture to see how I was doing. All right, don't leave a message for Bubba. Uh, hey, I know you're not that busy. You know, I'm just checking up on our brother. So uh, give me a call back. Let me know you're all right. Uh, no, Dylan. Dylan, I'm technically not that busy that I can't take a call, but I do have a new policy in life. I don't take random phone calls ever, uh, almost literally. Maybe from my mother because I'll be a little worried that my something might be wrong. But generally speaking, my brothers, my father, even my good friend Brad Steiner, who's about the only guy who still calls me regularly, and I even tell him, what the hell, why do you still still call me so much? Just text. But if you just randomly pick up a phone and dial my number and expect me to answer, that's the wrong expectations. Wrapping this thing up here quickly. Hold on. Okay, so I get that stupid message, and it was roughly either right before that or after that. I had heard from Brittany, my girlfriend at the time, and she was getting some weird phone calls. And it it was right at COVID time. Everybody was starting to be really nervous because we had no idea what was going on. And she got a couple of these calls and, and these prank calls, basically. And I didn't get freaked out, but I got a little concerned. I was like, okay, what the hell? Is, what, what is this? And then I heard that nonsense which then led me into this next nonsense. Hey, so I was wondering if you would like to buy some toilet paper, toilet paper or some sanitizer. Actually, another. Think about it. We're out of both of those things. I'm sorry, sir. I'm Brian Stone, right? Um, I want to say something about your podcast. I very enjoy every week that I listen to it. But, you know, maybe a few more weeks and it'll be awesome. Thank you. Have a great day. And I hope I can buy some toilet paper from you. Please call me. And I know your address, 1110 South Cinnamilla Drive. So at that time, it's clear that this is just prank calls from her daughter and her friends. Uh, she had just gotten a new, or not a new phone, but an actual working number, as opposed to one that had to be connected to a, a Wi-Fi and was always a little janky and didn't work all that well. So now she had this phone and she was excited. And I and after she, I got the call from her mom telling me this is freaking me out about these phone calls I'm getting and about how it seems like chaos is turn at around every corner in my life. I got pissed. I was mad. I was like, hold on. I when I was a kid, all right, prank calling wasn't okay. And I know I overreacted, and this was like pre-Prank Yankers TV show, and of course we prank called, but we were terrified we'd get caught because it wasn't okay to prank call you didn't do that. And so she was. She got mad at me for getting mad at that, and I just said, you know what, fine, whatever, I don't, I don't even remember it that well, but it was, it was an uneasy time, and I was like, listen, I don't need prank calls from children, all right, I got too much other stuff to worry about. And then to get phone calls from her and others like, I don't know what's going on. I'm getting these weird calls. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that was just barely three months, maybe four months, into the worst year ever, 2020. Okay, well, all things considered, I think the show turned out all right. I guess that just depends on who you ask. Appreciate you so much for finding the most listened to podcast in the city of Chattanooga, a midweek download destination for thousands. Like and share and review and leave a message and a comment or don't do any of those things. 
It's all good with me either way. I will leave you with Katy Perry and bid you adieu. Until next Wednesday, y'all have a great week. Take care. See you. Bye. <laughs>